Well, it's finally here. Top 10 rookies in the National League and the American League in 2023. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen. Every single day, we're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started today. And speaking of FanDuel, that's a perfect sponsor for today's show because we're talking about the top rookies in the National League and the American League. Uh, this is my list. So we're going to go in. I'm going to talk about why I have these 10 players rated where they are. Uh, where this differs from how FanDuel has the odds for Rookie of the Year, and then at the end cover a couple guys who aren't in the top 10, but could absolutely, with one or two changes and some good luck, pop up and make a big impact this year. So National League first, my number one prospect, or number one rookie for 2023 is outfielder Corbin Carroll of the Diamondbacks. I feel like this is a pretty slam dunk answer for everybody. He is the favorite on FanDuel for Rookie of the Year at plus 350 odds. And it's a combination of skill and playtime, right? So Corbin Carroll, one of the best uh, outfield prospects in all baseball, one of the top prospects in all of baseball, and is, provided he stays healthy, already locked into a starting spot there in Arizona. If you look at what he did last year, he's in AA Amarillo, AAA Reno, and then he goes to the bigs for 32 games. Perfect amount of time to get him comfortable with the level, get all the butterflies out of the way, figure out how you're going to be uh, attacked by pitchers, and give him time to work on some of those things. So in that 32 games in the bigs, 260, 330, four home runs, 15 extra base hits. Eight walks to 31 strikeouts, two or three on stolen bases. He gives you 80 grade speed, incredibly fast, at easily plus defense. Uh, The arm's a little little, little questionable, fringy, you know, fringe or average or so. But he, he generates a ton of power out of that swing. Should have plus power, plus hit tool. And again, on track to be the everyday starter in center field for the Arizona Diamondbacks. I feel pretty comfortable having him at number one. My number two on the National League rookies in 2023 is Jordan Walker of the Cardinals. Uh, 6'5", 250, huge human being. We talked about him the other day when we did our spring training overreaction show. Uh, He is also second on FanDuel as well, plus 650 odds. But someone who has ridiculously stupid power and can legitimately get it into games. It's, again, very impressive what he's able to do I have him at number two despite the certainty behind playtime because I think he's so good that St. Louis will find a way to get him in the lineup every day. He may not always be playing in the outfield. Uh, Obviously, uh, you have a DH spot. Nolan Gorman's played there quite a bit and probably a better place to have Nolan Gorman, whereas Jordan Walker defensively is good enough to play center field. He did that some of the years in a fall league. He's not your starter, your go-to, but he could do it. 
I just think that there's no way that St. Louis has him up and does not find a way to get him into the lineup every day. I have that much confidence in the 70 grade on the power. I have that much confidence in the ability of the hit tool. The fact he can give you above average to plus defense, which was something we did not know when he moved from third base to the outfield. So Jordan Walker, number two, makes sense. My number three is a little bit surprising to some people because of concerns about the playtime. But my number three, catcher Francisco Alvarez of the New York Mets. I feel like offensively, he absolutely has what it takes to be an absolute force for the Mets. And I'm not sold on Omar Narvaez and Tomas Nito as your two catchers uh, blocking him in any way. Once the team determines that he is ready for big league reps, I see it as something where he can catch, he can split time with Daniel Vogel back at DH. Last year, you had to kind of make a platoon at DH between Vogelback and Ruff, Darren Ruff. Uh, and Ruff is very much the, the, the less reliable side of that. I do think there is easily a possibility of Vogelback and Alvarez being part of that DH tandem, as well as getting Alvarez starts behind the plate I would assume, in lieu of Tomas Nito, I think that Narvaez as a free agent signing in December would be the one they would keep up over Nito, but we'll see how that works out. I just don't necessarily think Darren Ruff's skill set will end up being good enough to keep him on the roster over Francisco Alvarez as soon as the Mets say he's ready. He is sixth on FanDuel, uh, tied for sixth at plus 1,200 odds. I have him at number three for next year. Uh, Number four on the list, infielder Miguel Vargas of the Dodgers. Uh, I feel like the situation with the Dodgers, you're looking, obviously we've talked about the shortstop situation yesterday. Vargas doesn't help you there. He's third base, second base, first base. But I feel like, especially if you have to go out and move some pieces to get a shortstop, you're going to be in a scenario where you need these youngsters to step up. They're trying to reset luxury tax penalties this year. Obviously, you have somebody in Max Muncy who had injury concerns as recently as last year. J.D. Martinez, as your DH, is 35 and a half years old or so, but you know, close to 36. And so there are situations where you can see Miguel Vargas not only playing second base, but also have an opportunity to DH. He has played a little bit in the outfield. So you have David Peralta for left. You have Mookie Betts for right. You have like a Trace Thompson. Uh, For center field, Chris Taylor may have to play more shortstop. And so you could see a scenario where maybe you have to play Vargas a little bit in left field as well. I think the play time will be there. Uh, Provided he's healed from the hairline fracture in the finger, I think he'll have a big impact for the Dodgers this year. Number five, you've listened to the show before. You know we love this young man, Andrew Painter of the Phillies. Uh, He is tied for sixth on FanDuel at plus 1,200. We have him at number five. He's just incredibly, incredibly good. He added a cutter in the offseason, so he added a slider last year, uh, learned to throw the changeup more, and then added a cutter in the offseason. So fastball, cutter, slider, curveball, change, just a ton of different options to attack hitters with. I don't necessarily know if he will start the year at the bigs. I think it's something where they're going to be mindful of the workload and making too big of a jump in workload in year one. But Andrew Painter has the stuff to succeed at the big league level, and I think he'll be up sooner rather than later. 
uh, a playtime thing in here on a team that doesn't really have any reason to not play rookies is third baseman Spencer Steer of the Reds. I have him at number six. FanDuel has him at 10th best odds, plus 2,500. But to me, Spencer Steer is a guy that he's competing for the starting third base job right now in spring training. Should get it for the Reds. But I absolutely see him as somebody who can play almost every day because he can play anywhere in the infield. He can get by at shortstop if you need him. Obviously, you have plenty of other options for shortstop with the Reds. But he can get by... Uh, whenever you, you know, however you need him, uh, and then should be able to give you a power threat from from third base with, again, the ability to play first, the ability to play second, DH if you need him to. So the playtime should be there enough for him to have a good impact. Number seven, right-hand pitcher Bobby Miller of the Dodgers. He is tied for 13th on FanDuel's list at plus 3,900. I have him a little bit higher, and it's because his stuff is so incredibly good, right? Look at what he did. So he spends most of the year in AA Tulsa last year. Gets four games in AAA Oklahoma City last year. 21 in the third innings. 3.38 ERA. Six walks to 28 strikeouts. 11.8 strikeouts per nine versus the six walks, two and a half per nine. He's a little bit lower than Painter because I don't know when he'll come up. And I do feel like his leash will be a little bit shorter than Andrew Painter's leash. But I absolutely do think Bobby Miller can be a top 10 rookie in the National League next year. Number eight, third baseman Brett Beatty of the Mets. FanDuel has him at ninth overall, plus 1,300. I have him at eighth. It's something where I think he's going to start off the year in a platoon scenario at third base with Eduardo Escobar. He should be the the strong side of that platoon. We'll see what happens, but he has the ability to play a little bit of outfield as well. And when you look at the Mets, your left fielder is Mark Canna. I don't think there's a lot of complaint about sliding Brett Beatty into the into the outfield occasionally over Mark Canna. So the playtime should be there. The question is, when does he start getting almost everyday reps for this team? Because once that happens, that's when you can start to see the impact take off. Number nine and 10 real quick. Number nine, shortstop Ezekiel Tovar of the Rockies. Vandal has him at fifth, plus 1,000. Should be the starting shortstop for the Rockies out of spring training. I have him a little bit lower. I'm curious about what the offense does away from Coors. It just feels like a lot of their prospects struggle their first year up, especially on the road, just the way that the kind of offense works at altitude there. Number 10, Cade Cavalli, the right-hand pitcher for the Nationals. He is also 10th for FanDuel, plus 2,500. The scenario here is I have him at 10th. Provided he's healthy, he should be up most of the year. I just don't necessarily know how good his conventional statistics are going to be because the big league team around him isn't the greatest. Uh, Obviously, you traded Juan Soto. Uh, you've you've moved a lot of pieces out of that team in the last couple of years. And we have a show next week talking about best farm systems in baseball and the Nationals are in there because of what they brought in via trade. But just a, a, a scenario where I think he'll be up, but I don't necessarily know if he'll have uh, the biggest impact or not. In just a minute, I want to get to the American League. Uh, this one's a little bit more chalk, but there's some interesting names towards the bottom of this list. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Uh, spring training is going on. I am leaving next week for a trip to uh, Florida for spring training. We're going to Bradenton. We'll be at uh, Pirates Camp. Gonna be checking out teams coming through that uh, west coast of Florida area there. And the best thing for us on a road trip is Built Bars. Normally, what you do for a road trip is you go, you gas the car up, and then you go inside. And everybody loads up on candy 
on snacks, on chips, on crackers, all of that stuff that's not very healthy for you. Instead, get some Built Bars. All Built Bars are 100% real chocolate, so it hits that need you have as far as uh, you know, tasting the chocolate, hits that same note as the candy bar. The flavors, dynamic. Churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, cookies and cream, coconut puff, brownie batter, all these just really unique, interesting flavors to replicate a lot of the candies you would get in a gas station, and then they're good for you. They're healthy. 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, but 17 grams of protein. And that is what keeps you full and keeps you from needing to continuously munch on food during your drive. Go to Built.com, order yourself a box of Built Bar so that you have them for your trip. If you run out while you're on the road, go to your the closest Walmart or Sam's. Walmart, it's in the pharmacy section, a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puff. You go to Sam's, a 13-bar box of brownie batter and churro. It's the best way to fuel up for a road trip. Okay, so we've knocked out the National League. Let's talk about the American League, the top rookies, and then we'll recap everything in the third segment and give you a couple extra guys that just missed kind of thing here. So American League, number one, pretty chalk here, same that you see everywhere else. Uh, Gunnar Henderson of the Orioles. Probably going to be the starting shortstop. Could it be the starting third baseman. We don't actually know. But one of the most dynamic prospects in all of baseball. The pretty much consensus number one everywhere that I've seen. It's either him or Corbin Carroll. Uh, he is number one on FanDuel plus 240 odds as of Thursday. And so not a lot of argument there. Corbin uh, Gunnar Henderson's going to be fantastic. Number two is right-hand pitcher Hunter Brown of the Astros. Normally, I'd be hesitant to have a pitcher this high. I think Hunter Brown's introduction to the bigs last year, where he was able to do it at a high level all the way through the postseason and a World Series run, was invaluable experience. I think also having such a great rotation around him, like even after losing Justin Verlander, you have Framber Valdez, Christian Javier, Luis Garcia, Jose Urquidy. Like you're asking Hunter Brown to be the fifth pitcher in your rotation. That is not that inc- like that is not as stressful as you might think. And so I feel comfortable that he has a good enough offense and defense around him to have plenty of great conventional statistics provided that uh he is up and healthy for the majority of the year. Uh he FanDuel has him at third best odds plus 800. Uh the guy that who I have at number 3 FanDuel has him tied for fourth at plus 900. Right-hand pitcher Grayson Rodriguez of the Orioles. I do think talent-wise, Grayson's pro- like better than Hunter Brown. I think Grayson Rodriguez is one of the best pitching prospects in baseball. It's like him and Andrew Painter are right up towards the top. It's just the supporting cast for the Astros is so much better. Uh, I do think that Grayson breaks camp as a starter. You would have seen him last year. Uh, you can probably slot him. He's probably sliding in as a number three right now behind a, a, a Kyle Gibson maybe behind Cole Irvin or something, or Kyle Bradish, But I do think that he is uh, a little higher up in the rotation. It's just a question of, of how much pressure does he feel because the overall talent level of the roster, I don't think it's a hot take to say, is not as good as the defending World Series champion Houston Astros. So that's why I have him a spot lower than Hunter Brown. Number four, catcher Logan Ohapi of the Angels. If you listened to yesterday's crossover with the guys from Locked On Angels, I am a big fan of Logan O'Hoppy. Uh, he's actually 10th on FanDuel's list, plus 1,800. But I could see him having 
the sort of impact that you saw last year from an Adley Rutschman. As far as coming in, taking ownership of the pitching staff, I think the way that they're kind of, they, they've paired him up with Shohei this spring. So he's catching all of Shohei's bullpens. He's catching Shohei's outings. He's living on the hip of Shohei Otani. I think it's something where they want him to learn from one of the best in the organization right now as far as pitchers. And I'm confident that the offensive ability and the hit tool is there for him to have a great impact on his uh, first year. Don't have him higher because one, he's a catcher. He's going to miss. He's not going to play 162 games. But then also, kind of like Adley Rutschman last year, I don't quite think the power ceiling is fully realized yet. Adley Rutschman hit a ton of doubles last year. Feels like it's going to be similar to that this year. You're probably, you're going to see 10, 15 home runs from Logan Ohapi. You'll see plenty of doubles. And then I think that home run power will come as he finishes up getting acclimated to the bigs. Number five on my list, number six on FanDuel, is a shortstop Anthony Volpe of the Yankees. Uh, they have him at plus 1,300. I've got him a little bit higher. And I think this is something where, provided he, even if he doesn't break spring training as the starter at shortstop, if he gets up somewhat soon after the year starts, I think you'll have time for him to settle in offensively in New York. Obviously, uh, we've we've had this conversation on the show before. There are better defenders than him. Oswald Peraz is a better defender than him. Uh, Oswaldo Cabrera could be a better defender at shortstop, although he's a super utility who can play seven spots on the field, could possibly pitch. I'm not sure. But either way, Volpe is, uh, is the most promising offensive option for the Yankees and somebody who I think will be installed as the starter at shortstop sooner rather than later. Big fan of what he does there. Uh, number six on my list, first baseman Tristan Cassis of the Red Sox. He is fourth on FanDuel's odds, plus 900. I have him a little bit lower because of the supporting cast in Boston. You have a lot of questions about, for instance, what's going to happen at shortstop. You're hoping Alberto Mondesi is healthy enough to play short. You're also looking at using Kike Hernandez, things like that. So surrounding cast necessarily isn't as good for Tristan Cassis as it is for a Volpe or, you know, or some other teams. But I think the raw talent is there. I think he's easily could hit 20 home runs, probably batting somewhere 250 on base around 350, a slugging of 450. You'd be happy with that kind of performance in his first year. A little bit of weirdness where the veterans don't like the fact that he uh, takes a nap and sunbathes before the game. So, Figure that out, Boston. It's your top prospect. Maybe don't be mean to him in the clubhouse. But I do think Tristan Cassis is going to be an impact rookie in the American League this year. Number seven on the list, outfielder Oscar Colas of the White Sox. Uh, he is tied for ninth on FanDuel, plus 1,800. I've got him a little bit higher than that. I think that right field, he's probably going to break camp as the starting right fielder and should be able to settle into this lineup pretty well where he doesn't necessarily have to be the primary run producer of this lineup. Uh, I, I like what the arm can do as far as making an impact defensively. I think that's something that does help when you're looking at like impact rookies, like this is, versus rookie of the year odds. I do think you'll get a little bit better there because that'll take more into account defense and splash plays, like outfield assists and things like that. I think Oscar Colas will do that. So I've got him at seventh for the White Sox. Number eight. Third baseman, Jace Young of the Rangers. Fan, uh, FanDuel has him at 7, plus 1,400. I have him at 8. The reason I have him a little bit lower, he should be the starter all year. Would have been the starter last year if he was healthy. 
I think there's just enough question about the defense where you could see him not have as many of the splashy plays and statistically look a little bit worse as far as fielding percentage and things like that when you're measuring the impact of a guy like a Josh Young. I think he'll probably bat, you know, 250 with an on-base of 300 or so, probably break 20 home runs. I just don't necessarily know how big the impact is going to be because you've got questions in the outfield on this team, and then you also have defensive questions about his fit at third base. Number nine on my list, number 11 on FanDuel's, is shortstop Oswald Peraza of the Yankees. I Again, I think he's the best shortstop defender in this system. I think he should be, if you were looking just at skill, he should be the starting shortstop for New York. Either way, I don't expect Isaiah Kiner-Falefa to be there an incredibly long time. Once you have Peraza and Volpe up, then you know, then IKF's a little bit expendable. He may be a Dodger by the time this comes out. Who knows? But I just think that Peraza's combination of offensive ability and plus defense uh, gives you the ability to stabilize that middle infield uh, and produce at a high level. I'm not going to say quite like a Jeremy Pena impact, but have a good impact in his rookie year, whether he is at short or at second base in New York. And number 10 on the list for me, also tied for 11th with Peraza at plus 2,000 by FanDuel is left-hand pitcher D.L. Hall of the Orioles. We mentioned Grayson Rodriguez of the Orioles. Three Orioles on my top 10. Something where they have openings. If a pitcher wants to step up, take the ball every fifth day and deliver, I think Hall gives them a really good visual profile. The only lefty they have in the rotation right now is Cole Irvin. So he gives you another left-handed option. Obviously, you need 8, 9, 10 starting pitchers to get through a season, so I think he'll get plenty of time, even if he doesn't break camp as a starter. Uh, I like what D.L. Hall can do a lot for the Orioles. In just a minute, we're going to get to the guys that just missed this list and the reasoning why. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. We are in spring training. The MLB season starts now. It is soon. It is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Safe, secure, super easy to use. You can bet on everything. Like right now, the options you have to bet on, you can bet on division winners. You can bet on league winners, the World Series winner, who makes the playoffs, over-unders on the win totals. They even have specials out there besides just the individual player awards. You can bet on who is the regular season home run leader. Favorite is Aaron Judge, followed by Kyle Schwerber, Mike Trout, Vlad Guerrero, and Jordan Alvarez. You can go out there and bet on who leads the league in strikeouts. Garrett Cole is the is number one at 550. Corbin Burns, plus 8,000. Dylan Cease and Spencer Strider at plus 1,000. Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer, plus 1,200. You can bet on specific things as far as who has the best record. All these different prop bets are out there for baseball now. So don't miss the the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. So, guys that just missed this list. I've got uh, about five of them and the reasoning why. National League first, because we started off with the National League on the show. Ellie De La Cruz of the Cincinnati Reds. If you've watched this show you know that I absolutely love Ellie De La Cruz. I'm a big fan of 
what he could potentially do in MLB. The question that I have, and the reason why I'm hesitant, there's two things. One, I don't know when they're going to call him up. And then two, what's going to happen with the strikeouts? So his stats last year between AA and AAA, 120 games, 304, 359, 586, 28 home runs, 68 extra base hits. Incredibly impactful, right? 40 walks to 158 strikeouts, again, in 120 games. 47 to 53 on stolen bases. He was the only player in the minors to strike out 30% of the time and still contend for a batting title. With like batting average over 300 with a strikeout rate over 30%. You may remember from Monday, one of the most predictive stats for uh, like in baseball for batting average is strikeout rate. He is, as of now, the exception to the rule. And the question that we've asked, I, I wrote this up for the Baseball Writers Association a couple weeks ago. The question we ask is, at what point does he have to change the approach because the batting average is slumping, but the strikeouts are there? Didn't happen in AA. Didn't happen in AAA. Might happen in the big leagues. Might not. We don't know. But statistically, he's so far outside of what stats predict he should be that it's hard to say, yes, he's going to come up and have an amazing impact because that's just a giant question we do not know the answer to yet. Right-hand pitcher Quinn Priester of the Pirates is another guy who I have that could potentially get into that top 10. So 15 games started last year in AA. 2.87 ERA in 75 and a third innings, 75 strikeouts, so right at nine strikeouts per nine, 22 walks, 2.6 per nine, and four home runs allowed. The thing here is he's got to work on the fastball shape and the durability. Missed some time last year with injury. But then when you look at what he does on the mound, uh, he had throws both a four-seamer and a two-seamer. Really started uh, uh, ramping up the two-seamer last year and used it to get over 50% ground ball. So he's that kind of curveball sinker slider guy that's keep, keep it, keeping the ball down. The, the curveball is a plus pitch. High 70s to low 80s will just dive under a bat. Really good at getting chase and things like that. Slider, he doesn't always land it for a strikes, like for a strike. It's average now. I think it could be above average. He has a changeup as well, upper 80s. So lots of different options. And the game is always keeping guys off of the bat, right? I expect he'll start off in AAA Indianapolis. Uh, but you could see him quickly getting called up uh, because the Pirates need him to learn on the job and need him to get into shape. And I just feel like guys like that, those pitch-to-contact, rely-on-your-defense, sinker-slider kind of guys, they need to test that stuff at the big league level. You know he's not up there to get 11 strikeouts per nine innings. He's up there to induce weak contact and get ground balls. And you can only test that so much in AAA before you just have to see it in the bigs. So if it works the first time he goes up, I could see him having a little bit of a larger impact than we expect in 2023. Uh, Garrett Mitchell, center fielder for the Brewers. Another guy on this list. Interesting dynamic between his minor league stats and major league stats last year. So in the minors, AA and AAA, 68 games. 287, 377, 426. Five home runs, 23 extra base hits. 30 walks to 74 strikeouts and 7 to 18 on stolen bases. So struck out more than once a game. Power wasn't anything to blow you away. 28 games in the bigs, 
312, 373, 459. Two home runs, five extra base hits, six walks to 28 strikeouts, eight to eight on stolen bases. Strikeout rate ticks down a little bit. Walk rate does as well, but the power goes up. And this spring, we've seen him hit quite a few tanks already. And so if the power, if the changes to the swing to raise the, the angle of the swing are real, then like we talked about on Tuesday on the overreaction show, Garrett Mitchell's a guy that could have a huge impact on a team that looks to have a lot of outfield options and needs somebody to s- separate themselves from the pack. Garrett Mitchell's going to get the first shot because he's already on the 40-man roster, and he may be able to submit a starting spot early for the Brewers. In the American League, two guys here. First one, catcher Bo Naylor of the Guardians. I expect him to start off in AAA Columbus because Mike Zunino looks healthy, but Someone who, 118 games between AA and AAA last year, 263, 392, 496. Pretty close to a 400, 500 on base and slugging. 21 home runs, 51 extra base hits, 82 walks to 121 strikeouts, 20 to 24 on stolen bases. Legitimately has good speed. And so the question here is, can he improve the defense enough where Cleveland feels comfortable letting him be the guy? And then... What's the ceiling of the hit tool? I feel confident in what he can do. You could saw when he went from AA Akron to AAA Columbus, the batting average dropped from 271 to 257. The strikeouts ticked up as well. He struck out under once per game in AA. He struck out over once a game in AAA. So ceiling of the hit tool and defense are the questions here for Bo Naylor, but he absolutely has the tools to make an impact at a high level in Cleveland once he gets called up. And speaking of making a big impact, a guy who makes hard and big impact is Curtis Mead of the Rays. Infielder. Got 76 games last year between AA and AAA. 298, 390, 532. 13 home runs, 40 extra base hits, 36 walks to 62 strikeouts, and 7-9 on stolen bases. He's one of the better pure hitters in the minors. Hard hit rate over 50%. One of the best in average exit velo, like broke 90 miles an hour in average exit velo. Uh, Could be 20 to 25 home runs, depending on the approach. The question here is defense. Uh, He was at third. They've kind of moved him into second because of the arm. It's it's easily below average, like 40 grade arm. Uh, Not having shifts help because that means you can't put him out in short right field to try to make a throw from short right field to first base. He can play first base as well. So I think depending on what happens on the right side of the infield in Tampa determines his playtime and his future. You have Brandon Lowe coming back from injury at second base. You have Yande Diaz at first base. I think if he's ready though and he's hitting, neither one of those guys are going to stop him from taking a spot. I'd like to see him at first base with Brandon Lowe at second, but we'll see what happens. Either way, the questions about the defense and the playtime make it where I couldn't put him in the top 10, but I do think that Curtis Mead is promising. So to recap these lists real quick, National League, top to bottom, Corbin Carroll, number one, Jordan Walker of the Cardinals, Francisco Alvarez of the Mets, Miguel Vargas of the Dodgers, Andrew Painter of the Phillies, Spencer Steer of the Reds, Bobby Miller of the Dodgers, Brett Beatty of the Mets, Ezekiel Tovar of the Rockies, and Cade Cavalli of the Nationals. For the American League, Gunnar Henderson of the Orioles, Hunter Brown of the Astros, Grayson Rodriguez of the Orioles, Logan O'Hoppy of the Angels, Anthony Volpe of the Yankees, 
Tristan Cassis of the Red Sox, Oscar Colas of the White Sox, Jace Young of the Rangers, Oswald Peraza of the Yankees, and D.L. Hall of the Orioles. If you think I left somebody off or you have issues with this, please let us know. I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm. You can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com or drop your questions in the Locked on MLB Prospects Discord. Link is in the episode description. Link is in the show notes. Monday is a mailbag. We're pulling our questions from that Discord. But until then, enjoy your weekend. This has been Locked on MLB Prospects.